0: The second Bible reading this morning is taken from Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1-6 to and can be found on page 1263 on the Pew Bible. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sins that so easily entangles In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood, and you have forgotten that word of encouragement that addresses you as sons. My son, do not not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines those he loves and punishes everyone he accepts as a son.
1: Thank you, Imad, for reading God's uh, word to us from Hebrews uh, chapter 12. Well, let's uh, come uh, to our Lord in prayer as we open, as we read, as we uh, sit under his word, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. This word that is given by you, inspired by you, Lord, the infallible word of God. We pray, Father, that we will continue to proclaim this word in this church, in this pulpit, And that your word will speak to our hearts. We humble ourselves before you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, as I said at the commencement of our service today, uh, we give thanks to the Lord for his graciousness and faithfulness to us as a congregation for 130 years. Many of us, some of us were part of The 125th Celebrations five years ago. And uh, we did print out this booklet, which we do have some copies available, the history of our church, 125 years celebration. So if you want a copy, uh, please see me and we might be able to get you a copy. So the point is that we want to give thanks to God for the way in which he has preserved this congregation. And we look to him to lead and guide us in the years ahead. I was reflecting upon this this past week. In fact, this morning as well. And it is unique to see how God sustains his church. Uh, This church could have gone uniting, but it did not. It continued to stay a Presbyterian church. And today, we pray by God's grace that the gospel in this place will always be proclaimed and that Christ will be honored. So please pray with us for that. So by his grace, he has sustained this church uh, through its many, many challenges. There's no doubt in ministry, there are challenges that comes our way from time to time. And sometimes you wonder how the Lord will lead, which pathway will he navigate for us. But those of us who are in leadership know that God has sustained and guided us through every step of the way. And so we thank the Lord for that. So keeping this in mind, uh, as we praise God for that, we want to, uh, I want to focus on Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. And I've titled the message, Keep Running the Race. Keep Running the Race. It's a wonderful passage because it also brings into focus the cross of Christ and the joy of, and all of that that we have in our text. It's a power-packed passage that we have before us what we have in our text this morning is an image of an athletic competition. It is that of uh, Olympic at the foot, foot races which was familiar to the original audience of this book. And this imagery is now applied to the life of faith as if and as a life of race. The Christian life is one of a Christian race and must be run with endurance so that the finish line may be crossed and run well and finished well. So if you're a Christian here this morning, then whether you like it or not, you're on the track. You are running a race, right? Yes, we are in a marathon, not a sprint, but a marathon. I have a guy who uh, is at water park, and this guy runs very sharp sprints. I'm just doing my walk-in, but this guy starts at a particular place and he runs full speed and he comes back and he keeps going. And I had a chat with him the other day, I said, what's up, you know? Chris, I want to sprint because that gives me all the energy and the strength I need. And I said, look my that is so good. But I'm just walking around, just humbly. (laughs) And he said, you know what, if it's a marathon, then I wouldn't be sprinting. I'll be just running at a good pace. And the Christian life is a marathon, a long, distant race. A spiritual race, individually run and collectively as well. And so what we have in our text is a call to keep running the race. Don't give up. And so we're going to look at this passage under uh, two points briefly this morning, Uh, the encouragement and the example that we have here. The encouragement, verse 12, uh, sorry, uh, chapter 12, verse 1, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Well, friends, what does this word therefore refer to? It connects us with chapter 11. If you have your Bibles, please keep them open to uh, Hebrews chapter 12, and please turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. And what do we see in Hebrews chapter 11? It is a chapter on faith. The author to the book of Hebrews says, in Hebrews 11:1, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see." This is what the ancients were commanded, commended for. And then we have this statement, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. And a whole spectrum of saints are mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. And so by faith becomes the central theme in Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, so and so did this. By faith, so and so did that. By faith, he or she lived a life. And in that sense, friends, our lives, we live also by faith, correct? Because we don't know what lies ahead of us, do we? But we know the one who holds the future in his hands. So by faith is what we see here in this passage and when the author connects chapter 12 with verse 11 with the word therefore he's referring to the old testament saints who ran the race by faith in the lord and as we run the race and we look into the crowd so to speak and we see every one of them having finished the race we are not to become weary as we keep at it as well And so the author says, we are surrounded, in chapter 12, verse 1, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, this is the cloud of witnesses that we see here mentioned, these great saints who have run the race and finished the race. Now the question is, does this mean that everybody in heaven is looking at us all the time? That's a good question, isn't it? I don't think so. The idea, I believe, is not so much that they are looking at us, but rather as we look at them, we are to be encouraged, for they have run the race. They have kept the faith, and they have done it. And so we are to be encouraged to keep on running the race, knowing that we are surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses who have finished the race. And that's the encouragement for us this morning to keep running the race. You see, as we look at these saints and as we see the struggles and the battles that they faced in their lives, they trusted God. And by faith, they ran that race. And what an encouragement that is for us as well. When we think we should give up, just like, for example, when we meet other Christians, others who have been on a longer journey than us, and we meet up with them and we share and we are encouraged by them to see how God has sustained them in their lives. There are times that I go, I go visiting to, uh, to most of their homes whenever I can, and sometimes I go to the older, uh, senior citizens of our congregation to their homes, and I come back from their homes deeply encouraged. <laughs> as they tell their story, and as I see how God has journeyed with them, and it gives me encouragement to keep on going. As I see senior ministers in our, in our church continued on, I have a mentor, a wonderful senior minister, been in ministry for so many years, and I meet up with him regularly. In fact, next week I will. And, I, and, and he encourages me along the way, and I look at his life, and I think what an encouragement for me to keep on going personally and in ministry. And so in this text here, we are to look back at these witnesses, such a cloud of witnesses surrounding us and saying, you can do it. Don't give up. Run the race. Keep the faith. Trust in this God because we have run that race and so hebrews chapter 11 such an encouraging chapter for us as we continue on in this race as well and so the author says in chapter 12 verse 1 therefore since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us three things here Run by getting rid of everything that hinders. Run by not letting sin to easily cling or to entangle us. Run with perseverance. Let's go through this very quickly. The race has to be seen as an athlete running, I said, in a marathon. Now imagine trying to run a, a, a race or a marathon with about 10 kilos of mangoes around your, in the, on your back. I put mangoes, not potatoes, because I love mangoes, right? Okay, imagine having 10 kilos of mangoes, and you're carrying that, and you're trying to run this race. I don't think we'll get too far, right? (laughs) There'll be a massive load that we're carrying. Or whatever the weight may be, to be an effective runner, you've got to get rid of unnecessary weights and run with no hindrances. Let us throw off everything that hinders That is, whatever bulk, whatever mass, whatever burden, whatever weight we may have, and run this race. Now, this weight could be anything in our lives that hinders us in the race in following Jesus. The question is, what are the weights that we should remove so that we can run the race? They might be good things, but are they weighing you down from progressing in Christ as a Christian? You ask yourself this morning, is there some weight in your life and mine that is weighing us down from progressing in Christ? Is there something? Is there something that is pulling you down? It might be something good. It could be, I don't know, whatever it might be. But it is kind of pulling you down. And so there is this half-heartedness. There is this, this kind of thing, Lord, I can... I can do this, but this weight is on me as well. So I'll kind of do it both ways. Is that the way you and I are progressing? Is that the way that I am also progressing in my faith? This is challenging to me as well. I examine my own life, and I have, this text speaks to me as well. Is there some weight, might be so good, that's weighing me down in progress of my faith and knowing Jesus and trusting Him? So perhaps it's weighing you down. And it says, so get rid of it. That is, put off or put aside anything. One writer puts it this way. A winning athlete does not choose between the good and the bad. He chooses between the better and the best. A winning athlete does not choose between the good and the bad. He chooses between the better and the best. And so the author goes on. And he goes on to speak of the sin that so easily entangles look at this friends, the the word there is to cling, something that clings onto you. The author does not mention the particular sin, it could be some particular sin that is besetting you or myself in our lives, it is clinging to us and whatever it is, the point is that this sin is a major impediment in your spiritual race. Is there something, is there something in our lives that is hindering us In your spiritual race in Christ. I don't know what it is. You don't know what it is in my life. The Lord knows it. But is there something that is holding us back? He says get rid of it. The sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. Let us be steadfast. The word that is used there is the word to endure, it is the word to be steadfast. It is the word which means to be patient. It is persevering, it is patient enduring. And so, friends, this morning. We have to strip ourselves of the weights that endure and the sin that entangles us and run the race marked out for us with perseverance. Don't give up. Are you tempted at times to give up? You see, we cannot choose our own race. It is done according to his program. We all have a course or track before us, the race that has been marked out for us. Uh, It's a very interesting text there. Perseverance, the the race marked out for us. God has marked out that race in Christ. uh, Ephesians chapter 1 speaks about God calling us, having predestined us, elected us in His love, set us on a course, and He will achieve His purpose. And that race has been marked out for you and for me. It's been planned. And then the text goes on, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. It means, my dear friends, to direct one's gaze. It's it just the impossible. The, the, the word that is used here is, gives us the idea that it's it just the impossibility of looking at two directions at the same time. Is it possible? It means to direct one's gaze, it's it just the impossibility of looking at two directions. It means having a single focus to the goal of the finishing line, be focused. Now I don't know how many of you love the tennis. Any tennis fans here? Don't be shy, come on. Right, tennis fans, good. We love the tennis, Um, and what a great match last Sunday night, right? Between Rafael Nadal and uh, Roger Federer. Now it depends uh, who your fans are in this room. Right? Some of us are Nadal fans, others are Federal fans. Anyway, we won't go into that this morning. But have you noticed these these, these tennis stars? Have you noticed that? I mean, it's a tennis ball in the court, in this rectangular thing, and they got to hit this ball from one side to the other and they become multi, multi, multi-millionaires. It's all a tennis ball. But have you noticed how these guys stand at the other end? I'm trying to act it out here. They're all the racket, right? and they're now waiting, and have you noticed? They're singularly focused on this yellow Wilson's tennis ball. (laughs) That's it, their eyes are on that ball and where it's coming. Singularly focused, correct? When I was uh, being trained uh, by my coach for cricket, he said to me, Chris, Keep your eye on, all cricketers should know this, yeah? Keep your eye on the, any cricket fans? Come on. Keep your eye on the ball, right? <laughs> and, and what I did was, seriously, this is what I did. I had a, t- uh, a leather ball. I put it in a sock. I hung the ball on the rafter of my roof at the back of our house. And I had my bat. And my dad said, you keep looking at the ball and keep playing singularly focused eye on the ball friends this morning i mean as interesting these examples and analogies are the challenge for us is to fix our eyes on jesus singularly fixing on him and what does that mean what does it mean to fix your eyes on jesus to look to him the the, the word there is to look to him look unto jesus Remember how Charles Spurgeon, the great Baptist preacher, was converted? It was on, a, on a, um, a winter's night, and he was on his way somewhere else, and he turns into this little chapel, Spurgeon. And there were only a few people there in the chapel, and, and Spurgeon was sitting in the balcony, and there was a preacher. The, the, the norm preacher didn't turn up, so one of the guys got up and started to preach. And he said, uh, th- this is what he said about the preacher, he was a very poor preacher, But he had one thing going for him. He kept repeating the text. (laughs) He kept repeating the text. How's that, eh? How easy would that be? And the text was, look unto Jesus all the ends of the earth and you will be saved. And he just kept going on. And then he looked at Spurgeon in the balcony and he said to Spurgeon, you look miserable, young man. That's a dangerous thing for a preacher to say, right? You look miserable. Sorry I'm pointing at you now. Look unto Jesus. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. And that was it. The Holy Spirit used those words to convert Charles Haddon Spurgeon and what a great Baptist preacher (laughs) he was. Looking unto Jesus. You see friends, remember the story of Peter. Uh, Jesus went out in the boat I know sorry the disciples went out into the boat and uh, Jesus was on the shore the boat was in Sea of Galilee and uh, Jesus started walking towards them and they thought he was a ghost and what did Peter say Lord I will come to you he fixed his eyes on Jesus but after that he saw the winds and became scared and he turned away from looking at Jesus what happened to him he began to sink you get the picture? in our eyes on Jesus. You see, if you forget everything in this message this morning, just remember this, to fix your eyes on this Jesus and see what an example we have here, because he is the pioneer of our faith. That's the Greek word that's used there, the pioneer, and he's the perfecter of our faith because he has given us the foundation of our faith from start to finish, the alpha and the omega. He's the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith because he exercised faith as the son by trusting his father from beginning to end. He's the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith because god who began a good work in us is going to complete it through jesus christ his son the author and the perfecter of our faith that is my dear friends the god who called you the god who has sealed you the god who has redeemed you in his son jesus the god who has begun a great work in your life has he not you're with me he is the same lord who will bring it to completion It's not like, I am doing this, so I'm going to preserve by my own strength. That is, of course, the human responsibility and we have the divine grace. Both combining. God doing his part, we're doing our work, but at the end of the day, it is the preservation of the saints by this great Savior that he will keep you in his hands. And what a blessing that is. And notice the example. In verses 2b to 3. For the joy set before him he endured the cross. scorning its his shame and sat down at the right hand of, of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners. So that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Jesus endured the cross. This morning we have the Lord's Supper. Don't we? What does it remind you? What does it tell us? Of a saviour. Who endured the cross. For a savior who was mocked. Of a savior who was whipped. Of a savior who was nailed. Of a savior who went through pain and betrayal. And whipping and scorning its shame at the cross. The sinless lamb of God. Philippians chapter 2 we read this morning. He humbled himself even unto death for you, and for me. You see, friends, what drives you as a Christian this morning? Is it the cross of Christ? What drives me to come every Sunday, by God's grace, onto this pulpit, or John? For me, I'm sure it's for John (laughs) as well. It's a cross, isn't it? It's the cross of Christ. That's what it is. See, the cross is the key through which we can understand what Jesus came to do. And and he died at the cross, Isaiah 53. And notice, friends, for the joy set before he may endure the cross, scorn in its shame. What is this joy? You see, that's the attitude that we see of Jesus. He ran, he endured the cross, and he endured it with joy. Let me refer to uh, a passage in Hebrews 2.10. This is, I think, one of the joys that we see that Jesus endured for. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. That's the joy, to bring many sons and daughters to God and to call us Brothers and sisters of the Lord. And then this verse also speaks of the joy, the joy of his exaltation, that he sat at the right hand of the Father. Friends, in this life there are challenges. In this life there will be pain. In this life there is sickness. In this life there is death. And decay, but we wait for our joy to be made complete one day, and so the joy of the Lord is our salvation, yeah? Just this last week, I was talking to Rose. I said, "You know when I die, oh, that'll happen whenever. This is the text I want to, this is like at 10 thirty in the night or something. great topic, isn't it, before you go to bed. <laughs> uh, this is the hymn I would like. She said, why don't you write your own eulogy as well? I could do that, no problem. said, <laughs> so this is the text I want. Here are some of the hymns. You see, because we don't know when that time will be. But the joy that we see here, that Jesus endured the joy of the cross to bring many sons and daughters to the living God. And then he endured the joy of the cross because of his exaltation at the right hand of God. Which means, and you know, he, in, in Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 2, he ex- was raised up to heaven. Which means that he will come back again one day. And that joy that he has given to us in Christ will one day be completely perfect. We'll have complete joy. And so this morning, have you experienced that joy? I don't, in, in spite of the circumstances that we might be in, that joy that he gives to us Christ endured the cross and then consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary that is as you run this marathon don't grow weary consider Christ Uh, John Owen (laughs) A wonderful great preacher I was reading some of his works this past week I think it should be a text for every reformed church minister every minister I think uh, John Owen's books I don't know whether the PTC asked our students to read it but his works it's fantastic and John Owen says this is a great reform puritan Jesus is the one in whom we place our faith trust and confidence with all our expectation of success in our Christian course without this faith and trust in him We will derive no benefit from his example. (laughs) Great, isn't it? We can look at Jesus and say, wonderful example, Jesus. You ran the race, you went to the cross, you did this, you did that. But we'll have no success without this faith and trust in him. So this morning, as we conclude, have you put your faith and trust in him? Are we fixing our eyes on this Jesus As we run this race. Remember. This is all of grace. We cannot add anything to our salvation. Left to ourselves. We will stumble and fall. But by his grace. We run this race. And so let me encourage you. And to us as a church. Here at St. Stephen's. That we will continue to keep on running this race. Fixing. Looking. Unto Jesus. Who is the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. So be encouraged and look at also his example. And let's come to the supper this morning to give thanks to him for everything that he has done. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us Lord to keep running the race, the Christian race as a marathon. You know what weighs us down, You know, the sin that so easily entangles us. Help us to run with perseverance. Looking unto Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. To run this race with the joy of the Lord. Knowing that one day, this joy will be made complete, fully in Christ Prepare our hearts, Lord, to celebrate the supper. In Jesus' name, amen.